0: Episode 3 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on August 29, 2016. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. this episode, I'll cover some things I missed from the producers live stream, and I'm looking at UHK 55 chapter. BioWare put out a call for playtesters in the Austin, Texas area. Could it be for a new operation? I'll share some news on Knights of the Eternal Throne that will be music to your ears. And finally, I'll talk about the dark versus light event. Am I burned out, or am I still going strong? I will let you know. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Welcome to Episode 3 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. And as always, let's start with some announcements for the week. First... An apology, because I am a week late and a credit short with this episode. I originally planned to release this on August 23rd, but since I don't actually live in a galaxy far, far away, real-life events brought me back down to Earth this week. But I hope to be back on schedule from here on out. And just a reminder that this year marks the fifth anniversary of Star Wars The Old Republic. To celebrate the 87 million unique characters that have been created in the in the galaxy, BioWare is creating a SWOTOR character collage, and here's how you can participate. So log into the game, take a close-up headshot of one of your in-game characters, focus on the waist up, turn off all UI and text, remain in your default pose, and the recommended resolution is 1920 by 1080 uh, take your image and then email it to swotorsubmissions at swotor.com. There is no deadline for this event, but why wait? Send in yours today. And we have a dark versus light update in the battle to acquire Darth Hexed and Ranos. The light side maintains its slight lead of 52.31%, with the dark side trailing at 47.69%. So if you're like me and you're rooting for... Uh, Master Ranos, which is the light side companion, the 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 Chiss. Uh, so far, so good. But the event still has a couple of months, at least a couple of months to go uh, before it ends. But you know, keep go keep keep making those light side choices. However, I will say this: I, as much as I want to get that companion, I have not been making exclusive light side choices. I've actually been basing my choices on the fun factor right because there's some cool light side choices and there's some cool dark side choices especially with the class story so i've actually been picking the ones that i have wanted to that have the most entertainment value and i hope you all are doing the same because why cheat yourself out of a funny moment a cool moment or or even a, a, a wickedly evil moment you know just on the hope of ensuring that you get the companion that you're rooting for i think most people want that light side companion anyway which is why we see it uh winning out. Well, that's all of the announcements I have. Let's slice the Holonet and review the news this week. Well, last week I talked about the Producers live stream held on August the 11th, and I completely forgot to mention the HK55 bonus chapter, Shroud of Memory. It's coming on September 7th, and if you were continuously subscribed to the game from January 1st through August 1st of this year, you'll have access to this chapter where you will get to play as HK-55 and you will team up with a new droid companion Z0-0M aka Zoom and I think if you play the chapter you'll actually get receive this droid uh, Zoom as a companion but don't worry if you are not uh, don't have access to the HK-55 chapter there will be an alliance alert to get Sergeant Rusk this will be open to everyone and the only prerequisite is that you have to com- have completed chapter 16 And they did say that you might run into another companion who you might want to smash into dust. I think that means one of two people, uh, either Skadge or Quinn. Now, the alert takes place on Narshada, which is home of the seedy underworld, which leads me to believe it's Skadge because he was a member of the Black Sun and this sort of fits his profile. But Rusk is a military guy, and so is Quinn, so maybe maybe it's Quinn. I'm betting on Skadge, but I'd be totally happy to frag either of these guys. And that's saying a lot, because when given a choice, I never, ever reject a companion. I just don't see any, any value in that, and there's no benefit to to rejecting a companion. But when it comes to these two apps, I will totally make an exception. So let me know your thoughts. Will it be Quinn or Skaj, or is there another companion you think it might be? Send me a tweet to at Sotor Podcast or an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Now, the HK55 chapter is coming, as I said, on September 7th. It's going to be part of Game Update 4.7, and also in this update, they announced they're going to be they're going to be adding some new visual effects weapons to the Eternal Championship. So again, if you're looking for a reason to keep running the Eternal Championships, there will be some new weapons available to you, and they'll have some sort of cool animated effects. All right. So as I alluded to in the opening, could there be a a SwoTOR playtest happening, and could it be an operation? Well. BioWare has indeed put out a call to players in the Austin, Texas area who are interested in play testing something, something for Star Wars The Old Republic. And I first saw this reported by YouTuber and streamer and blogger Volk, and I believe it's been confirmed by Eric Musco as well at this point. Um, but yeah, they're looking for people that live in the Austin area or can come down to the Austin area sometime August, September and, you know, play test something. Uh, I'm hoping it's a new operation but it could be a chapter or two from the upcoming expansion it's not clear it could be for anything whatever it is they obviously want to control the information and perhaps be present uh, for feedback I mean you know this is an MMO so you don't actually need to do anything locally all of it can be play tested remotely so I it sounds like maybe it's something they want to keep pretty close to to the vest here and not release onto a server and have it risk being data mined who knows but uh, but that's it but if you live in the Austin area you can go to the EA BioWare Facebook page and complete a survey to participate i don't live in that area so i won't be be trying to participate but i did take a look at the survey and it was it was Star Wars the old republic oriented but a lot of generic questions like are you a subscriber how long have you sub- subscribed uh what's your favorite class what kind of content do you enjoy how many days a week do you play and all that kind of stuff so it's just you know gathering information versus and very generic and very non-specific so there you go and while we don't know if that play test is related to knights of the eternal throne there was a bit of new information leaked about the expansion and take a listen Now that clip you just heard was one of the new pieces of music for Knights of the Eternal Throne. The folks over at Jedipedia datamined 57 generically labeled tracks that amounted to about an hour's worth of music for the upcoming expansion. They posted this on the SWOTOR subreddit and it got this response from SWOTOR's lead composer, Jesse Harlan. This is what he wrote. Perhaps I can help to give some context on this for you all. This happened last time with Knights of the Fallen Empire, and now it's happened again with Knights of the Eternal Throne. Just so that everyone knows, these are the rough demos that eventually turn into the final tracks. We headed to Nashville and recorded for two days with a 70-piece orchestra and a choir. Every single piece was recorded live. Those live mixes then replaced the MIDI-oriented demos, and then he had an edit, thanks for the kind words, because most people like the music they hear in star wars the old republic and so why not thank the man for his hard work because you know if there's one thing i think that all oh, the community can uh, kind of gather around and agree upon as being or is it a good thing it's the music right it's the music and i and i'm really first i love that this got a response from the lead composer and that he didn't pitch a fit or issue a cease and desist and request that the music be taken down instead he confirmed that it is indeed music for the new expansion and that it's going to sound a thousand times better because this isn't the final product. And this is this is the kind of stuff I wish Bioware would take the initiative to do. Instead of having this data mined and leaked, why not do a blog post on the official site and release a few of these tracks at a time? And I know that they said in the producer's live stream that the big info dump for the expansion is coming in early October. But really, why wait? I mean, the reality with a five-year MMO is this. You have a built-in player base, and I'm not saying that Knights of the Fallen Empire didn't bring in new players, but the majority of people um, who play the game are people like myself who are, you know, longtime subscribers that were already playing the game, and I don't need a big event for information. I just need the information, and I just wish that they would, you know. Not try and you know save everything for one one big moment, one big cantina tour, and rather would just take the time and you know release the information, and then yes, you could announce it all over again, I guess, in the cantina cor- tour. I mean, the cantina tours are kind of fun anyway, especially for the people that attend. Um, I, I just don't see the big need to to save everything, and I really wish that they would uh, have released some of that information uh, prior to that event. Well, that is all the news that I had for this week. Um, What I do want to do for sort of my topic of the week was talk about the dark versus light event. So earlier this summer when BioWare announced they were doing the event and then they released all of the details and I was reading through them. I I really, I wanted to hate the event, right? Because I knew a lot of people were going to be unhappy with it, especially when you kind of read the fine print, which said, Everything related to this event had to be done on brand new characters. And so I was sort of wrestling with my own dark side and my own light side. And and my dark side was going, you know, let me get this straight. You want me to do all of the things that took four and a half years to complete and do them all again in three to five months on multiple new tunes. Uh, Hell no, this is utter Bantha poodoo and I'm done. And I I was really just going to kind of reject the whole thing and 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 just have nothing to do with the event cuz my you know my dark side was thinking who is the genius that thought that having players reboot themselves is a good idea because that's what it is right if you want to get the full experience of the event, of the event which i mean complete every single achievement you have to create and level at a minimum eight characters you have to run them through all the flash points all the hard modes all of the the you know, have to complete all of the class stories or at least get all of your characters to to level 50 you have to do pretty much all the operations and battlegrounds. You have to get all the crafting crew skills to max level. And you had to hunt new datacrons and participate in the recurring events like the like the bounty brokers, uh, the Gree, the Rat Ghoul, all of that. You even have to do Galactic Starfighter, right? You had to play a bunch of Galactic Starfighter matches. And and really all of this was just to get things like some mounts and then armor sets like, for example, like the victorious, like the big Prize if it was this victorious pioneers armor set which the real benefit was that you could use it to help level additional tunes which just seemed crazy to me because I was just going to go through this event and by the time I was done with it I couldn't imagine wanting to level a single tune again ever although, right, you got the pieces as you, as you went along and these pieces were really designed to help speed up the leveling process and I must say it is an awesome freaking armor set, you know I mean, regardless of what you think about the looks, I mean, just in terms of its functionality, its overall design, very pleased with it, very pleased with this. And I'm, I'm so happy uh, that they did this, right? This is just a a, a great thing and, and probably a topic for another day. But, you know, all sort of joking aside that, oh, great, it really helps you level, which you're not going to want to do ever again. But it's actually a really, really nice armor set and one of the, one of the, the bright spots to this whole event, now, my light side, on the other hand, was going, let me get this straight. You want me to do all of the things that took four and a half years to complete and do them all again in three to five months on multiple new tunes? You know, challenge accepted. I mean, that's that's sort of how I felt. I mean, this was a, there was a part of me that was kind of excited about this because, you know, some of the things you got for this were mounts, armor sets, companions, decorations. And this is all the kind of stuff that I really like. I really do enjoy the cosmetic rewards and you know i bust out a I bust a big grin every time i break out one of my sith juggernauts with his sith recluse armor set and defiant vented lightsaber and even if it's just to farm crystals and herbs you know i'm not doing anything special but i'm just but when i log on to that particular tune to play it's just a little bit more enjoyable because of all of the stuff that has nothing to do with his damage or dps or, or anything like that so my light side was making plans to get this done i was thinking about which new characters i wanted to level Uh, I was trying to decide, do I want to shoot for the Endor Moon in level one of each class and go for that legendary achievement? I I was kind of crossing my fingers and imagining that I might score a Revan Reborn armor set or a black and black die or a white and white armor die out of this. So, I mean, in short, my light side was all in, and I was ready to stock up on the Mountain Dew and the Doritos and lock the door and just go to town. But I completely understood why people were... Totally bent out of shape, especially longtime players and the veterans, because those folks—and I'm—I'm kind of one of you—have uh, already done this on on multiple characters, like all this stuff. This this is what we're talking about here for the Dark versus Light event. Is my legacy for this game? It's when you talk about the game to other peoples and say, "Oh yeah, I've done this," and "Yes, I, I I've done that." I mean, it's it's really what I've been doing for the last four and a half years on all these different tunes. So, you know, the fact that we're completely disqualified from the event was a little bit, I don't want to say insulting, but it was a little bit uh, frustrating, to, to say the least. Not only that, but the timing of the event, I thought, wasn't wasn't all that great either. I felt like this is something that should have been introduced into the game much, much earlier than what it was. And if it was going to be part of, you know, Knights of the Fallen Empire, then it would have been nice if it could have had it come out like right after maybe November, December time frame when most people had finished the first nine chapters. Chapter 10 was, wasn't coming until after the new year. This would have been a good time to give us some more stuff to do uh, with an event like this and have it be sort of active throughout the end of the expansion. Just give it, people a little bit more time to complete it. So that would have been a good time. Uh, to have this rather than than dumping it in the in the middle of summer, especially for me, because I had just finished leveling two new tunes from one to sixty five in April and May when I was looking for some stuff to do, and I even had a level twenty five smuggler and a level thirty nine uh, Jedi Consular that w- wouldn't count towards the event. Um, you know, I also had twenty characters on the main server, no free slots, and like I said, I'd done most of the operations, the world bosses, the flashpoints, all of the class stories and other storylines multiple times, all the crew skills at max level. So I really just wanted to be like Anakin Skywalker when he was put on the the Jedi Council but not made a master in Revenge of the Sith and, you know, be like, this is outrageous, it's never been done before kind of thing. But I kind of liked the event. I mean, I went and did it. And once I kind of resigned myself to the fact that I really wasn't going to go for that legendary achievement, and and once you kind of wrote that off and decided that you weren't going to do that, the rest of it was actually pretty easy. Getting up to the eternal level, which is where it rewards you the uh companions, whichever one they that whatever one wins out. Uh so and it really wasn't that hard to do. And you could I think you could just do that with a minimum of two tunes. And really you had to get one tune on the Empire to level 65 and one on the Republic to level 65 and then there were some other things in there uh, you know the hardest for me I think was doing all those tactical flashpoints and having to pug some of that a few of those were really really harder than than they, than they ought to have been but beyond that I've talked to people that you know are a little bit skittish when it comes to pvp and I'm not a big PvPer or myself but boy getting to valor level five was easy and you could do it on a low level tune and just to play like two, maybe three Warzone matches, and you're there. So it was very, very, very simple thing to do. So getting to the Eternal level, I didn't find to be all that that difficult, and that was really my main goal. And I was doing it all on my main server. So the other challenge for me was I, because one of the things I hate doing, I don't like deleting tunes uh, of any level, but especially high level tunes. But what I hate worse then deleting tunes is having tunes that i don't like or don't log in and don't play so i had a few of those like that and i just made the choice to kind of delete those actually clear them out to make room for for bigger and better tunes as you will Uh, because i did decide i think that I, i am trying to go for the one achievement where you level all the eight classes to at least level 50. It's a standalone achievement. It's needed for for legendary, and that's it. But uh, but it's also a standalone achievement, and I thought I might try that as well, just a way to kind of get my legacy in order, my house in, in order. And as I mentioned, I did decide to do this on my main server where I had the majority of my characters. Um, recently, I also decided I might try and hook up with some other folks in the game who play on a different server, so I created a character on a brand new server, and this is kind of a little bit of a lesson learned here, because boy, oh boy, starting out on a brand new server is tough. I mean, that's really starting from, from zero, and I would forgotten what that was like. I forgot it was like, you know, to have a, a server where you only have one tune, you don't have any legacy. There's no legacy levels yet. You don't have any, I don't have any legacy perks. You know, when I do my class buff, it's just that class buff. I don't have access yet to the other class buffs. Uh you know, my heroic moment is garbage, you know, missing all the other things from the heroic moment. There's a lot of the datacrons. I don't have any of the datacrons on this new new realm or new server I should say. So that was a little bit jarring and so when I created that tune I thought well maybe maybe I should bite the bullet and transfer a tune over because that would transfer the legacy over. And what I realized is I didn't transfer to A because it's expensive, but B because it transfers your legacy over, which means it was also going to transfer my existing dark versus light achievements, which meant I wasn't going to get those rewards that I had already earned again, which meant like the Victorious Pioneers armor set. I wasn't going to get that again. I wasn't going to get any additional packs. I wasn't going to. Uh, so, so there was a lot of things like that that I would not get. Um, which would have been beneficial to have. So transferring a character... Uh, the bottom line is, if I had thought about this ahead of time, transferring a character over is what I should have done on like day one before I started doing anything for the Dark versus Light event, and that way I would have had my full legacy on that new server, and then I could have done the Dark versus Light stuff, and it would have been just like being on my main server. So that was a little bit of a lesson learned, but that's that's a bit of a challenge too. It's been kind of fun to try and try and see if I could recreate this there. I'm not sure how far I'm gonna get on this new server because it is like I said, it is it is tedious with just one tune. No credits, no no nothing, no no rocket boost, nothing. I have absolutely nothing. So So that's really it as far as uh what I've been doing and how far I've gotten with the Dark versus Light. Been, I did want to talk about the packs and the rewards a little bit because I was looking forward to getting some items out of those packs and they were advertised as sort of the best of the best and you know they, they mentioned some of the things you could get out of it and I have to say I, I probably shouldn't complain too much about the packs but by the same token I've been a bit underwhelmed um, in terms of Items that I got. Number one, crystals. And I wasn't expecting to get maybe like a white crystal or anything completely exotic, but I was hoping for at least some variety. And it just seems I got out of these packs a mountain, a mountain of Imperial Crimson crystals of every Variety, and I don't know what makes this crystal so common. And it's not even like it's an old crystal; it was introduced, uh, you know, a couple months back, so it's actually relatively new. It's not hard to find on the on the GTN, and that's what I hate. I hate getting items like that where I could just walk up to the GTN and, with a minimum of credits, acquire it. And seeing that be the type of item that you get, you got out of the packs, and the Imperial Crimson Crystal was just one of those. For some reason, I just keep getting tons and tons of those. That was one complaint. Of course, things like the companion gifts and some of the XP boosts weren't all were nothing to write home about, right? So that was just stuff that was taking up space. Um, had the pack viewer been introduced at the beginning of the event, that would have certainly alleviated some of the other issues I had with the items being bound to a specific character, which is really one of my main my main gripes because I have some cool items that are tied to a specific character that I probably wouldn't you know, think to use on that character. Um, and But it's been solved now. Right now with the new pack viewer, that kind of fixed that problem. Unfortunately, they, they couldn't make it retroactive. But the armor sets. So yes, you can absolutely get good armor sets out of these, but I really wish they had just gone that little, take that little step and just said, all right, if you win an armor set, you win the whole armor set. Like just give me a crate with all... The items in it. Instead, they decided to do it so you had the upper body, lower body, and supplementary body. And so I have a lot of incomplete armor sets. Uh, I mentioned the Revan Reborn. I was sort of hoping to to get that. And I actually did end up getting uh, two pieces out of it. And by two pieces, I got the upper body, which is kind of cool, and the supplementary body. But I don't have the lower body. And in order to get the lower body, I now have to go to the GTN and purchase the legs and the boots. And then I'd have to spend coins to add it to my collection to make that available to all of my characters. And I don't really want to do that. It's expensive. I don't like the set that much. Um, So now I've got, you know, like I said, the upper body and the supplementary body tied to a specific tune that I'll probably never use it. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. It's just going to be sitting in there. I also got some – a lot of repeat stuff, which really wasn't the fault of the packs, right? It's, you know, it's not – you can't fault them for the fact that oh i already had like uh what was one of the sets? the reavers set which is like the darth mar armor set i actually got the full set uh out of out of the packs which isn't bad except i already had it and i already had it as part of my part of my collection so again no value there no value there so that just sort of felt like uh something that was was, was a waste and then I, like i said i had a bunch of other incomplete armor sets and few mounts, but again, nothing great. Nothing that I couldn't have just walked up to the GTN with you know a couple hundred thousand credits and acquired had I wanted to. So, you know, I don't like to look free stuff, if you will, and then gift whor- gift banthas in the mouth. But I was just very underwhelmed with the dark versus light packs. I I I, I just I guess I, maybe my expectations were just too great, but. Uh, there I, I really can't point to any one thing that i can look at and say okay yes because i got this it kind of offsets the fact that i got a lot of junk i just felt like mostly mostly junk but overall i like the dark versus light event i thought it was it was was a good addition to the game um i had fun with it i'm still grinding away a little bit um but and enjoying it i'm starting to, starting to get a little bit burned out in some places but for me overall it was pretty good it kept me logging in and playing stuff and 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 it kind of i now have some you know i guess the big reward for me is i've got a uh, few tunes few names few looks uh, for for characters uh, that i didn't have before and i'm I'm much happier with the set of tunes that i have now than, than i was before and so a lot more a lot more characters that i log into and just have fun playing so so that's it. That's my thoughts on the on the dark versus light event. And with that, I think I'm starting to hear that that music pop in. That's all I've got for this week. So you have been listening to episode three of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is currently. SOTORpodcast.com and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SOTORpodcast and be sure to follow us on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast and tune in next week, I promise you next week, for episode four and remember the Sith Toad take is alive.